Tom, thanks for sitting down. I, you know, so many pastors hear the great emphasis to preach the word, and that's a clear responsibility that I think every pastor understands, especially within our context. But what might be less emphasized is the necessity of training and equipping others within the church, even in a lay context, to be able to understand the scripture sufficiently to be able to teach it themselves. Mm. And one of the things that I think you're uniquely gifted in is taking people within your church and training them so that they might also teach the word, both men and women. Can you talk to me about that, first of all, that burden, and then the process in which you accomplish that burden? Well, I think the burden comes from the Scripture itself. You know, we have been given this treasure that is the Scripture, that is sound doctrine. And we're supposed to teach it, and we're supposed to live it. We're supposed to pass it on to the next generation. And so part of that is not merely training pastors for the future. That's a significant part. But part of it is training people within the church to teach, live, and pass on that treasure to the next generation. Because if we really believe what the Scriptures teach about spiritual giftedness, then it means that there are two kinds of remaining spiritual gifts. As Peter puts it, there are the speaking gifts and there are the serving gifts. And, of course, serving gifts are crucial to the church. We rely on them to make the church function. But the truth, that treasure that is the truth, is only passed on as there are teachers. Mm-hmm. And so we just set out with the understanding that we need, as, a, as an elder board, to identify those teachers, to help train and equip them, and then once they're trained and equipped, to sort of nurture them into that role and even evaluate them in that process, give them feedback so that they're, they're teaching can improve, as Paul said to Timothy, so that our progress, all of us, could be evident to all. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important to, to look at that. And I think it's not entirely separate from elders, because in the end, you know, 1 Timothy 5, 17, we know that there were, in the church in Ephesus, there were this plurality of godly men, but some of them were paid and some of them were lay. That's mm-hmm. the only verse in the New Testament where we get the concept of some elders being paid and others not being paid. Because there Paul says, you know, those who, who serve well, that is those who excel in their, in their ruling, are to be counted worthy of double honor. Mm-hmm. Of course, in context, the next verse, it's about being paid. And so he says, especially those who labor at teaching and preaching. Mm-hmm. So that verse is marking out that even in the plurality in Ephesus and in my church and in elder churches across the country, there are these two categories of, of elders. There are those who are paid, and they are the ones who excel in teaching and preaching and leading. And then there are the, the other elders who are not paid. And so a lot of times, all of our focus as a church is on equipping and preparing that handful of men in the church who are paid to do ministry. Mm-hmm. But there's supposed to be this other group that serve faithfully we need to make sure we identify them, we equip them, and we bring them along as well. So this, this whole concept of teaching and, and helping people improve their teaching gifts, not only does it strengthen the, the lay people who are never going to serve as elders, both men and women, to better explain the truth, but it also helps sort of allow us to see who those men are in the church who are excelling in their teaching and who may be gifted and called eventually to be an elder in the church. So then would you say there's sometimes even a misconception then amongst the people within the church, if a guy's in medical sales, 
but you perceive potentially the gift of teaching. And he's shown up at church thinking, no, that's just the full-time guy's responsibility. How do you then correct that misconception so he sees even the need mm -hmm. for training and then a cultivated desire to do so, if that mm -hmm. makes sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it starts by having that overall mindset of Ephesians 4, and that mm -hmm. is challenging all the people in the church. Look, God has gifted you to serve in this church. You are a part of this body. That means Christ has assigned you a role. And you have either a serving gift or a teaching gift or a combination of the two. And we want you to get involved. We want you to use your gift. What I encourage people to do, you know, a lot of people want to say, well, what's my spiritual gift? I say, look, your, your liver didn't have to take a personality test to figure out how it's supposed to function in the body. It just does. So just start serving. And yeah. you're going to gravitate toward those areas that really are effective use of your gifts. And if not, the church is there and the elders are there to help shepherd you and say, you know, I know this is what you desire, but we're not going to really affirm that that's where your giftedness is. Let's, let's try this different role. So it starts by that, just encouraging participation in using giftedness at every level. Yeah. And then as people do that, there are going to be people teaching and teaching yeah. at all different levels. Yeah. Now, what we want to do is we want to equip them and further challenge them to grow in that teaching. So what we put together is, is a sort of process it starts with the elders twice a year. We have a leadership review elders meeting where that's all we do. We look at those in our church who are potential elders, who are potential deacons, who are teaching others who are teaching currently yeah. to see if we need to sort of challenge them, move them along, give them additional teaching responsibility, bring them into some teacher training. Mm -hmm. And then we have a teacher training program, both for men and women. Um, the, the women are led by some gifted women in our church who teach and are able to teach others how to teach. Mm -hmm. And then I teach an overall seminar uh, several a year where we, we walk through the process. Let's take a couple of hours and talk about exegesis. Mm -hmm. Then let's take a couple of hours and talk about crafting a lesson from that. What does that look like? How do you reflect the, the authorial intent in that mm -hmm. process? And then it comes down to let's practice. Let's take different genres of Scripture, and let's look at how you would identify the theme, how you would do a block diagram of that text, mm. and, and how would you congeal out of that a working proposition statement and, a, and an outline. And then, we, after those sessions are taught, we let whoever wants to enter into a sort of practicum. Mm. Anybody, come one, come all, you put a lesson together for 15 minutes, and we'll critique you and give you feedback. Mm. And then out of that, we can, we can help direct people. We yeah. can help see who, sharpen yeah, who's gifted and who's yeah. not, direct them. There, there are always some who it becomes clear. They have a unique ability to communicate the truth. And now we want to take them and we invite them specifically into a further training where we yeah. want to bring them along. So yeah. that's the process, both with men and women, yeah. uh, to help strengthen that. And, and it really is... A, bearing amazing fruits in the church. I love that, Tom, because I think so much uh, so much of the time, the misconception can be that people within the church are just consumers of content that other people have prepared yeah. that are on staff. And yet if the church is to operate like a body, you need an army and a body of people that yeah. can articulate and express and proclaim the truth. And so I'm sure that's helpful and challenging to other pastors and leaders within the church as mm -hmm. they navigate. How do we make this such a synergistic environment where yeah. people are all being sharpened by each other as they seek greater depth in God's Word. So, Well, and I'll tell you another benefit that 
really is amazing, and that is even those who go through that process who don't end up being teachers, really, their ability to listen to expository preaching and teaching grows, just sure. grows significantly. Yeah, their interest in the way that yeah. it's being, I'm sure that's, yeah. that's so interesting and, and probably, uh, probably true. So, Tom, thank you for your time. I appreciate your insight on the subject. Thanks so much, Johnny.